Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. And this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So, I got a question on the floor today, folks. What does it mean to repent and believe the gospel? Because A lot of people may think they know what the gospel is and what it means to repent and believe the gospel. So, that is what we will be discussing today. Before we get started, let us pray. Father in heaven, hallowed be thy holy name. Good morning, Father. In the name of Jesus, we love you and we want you to be our King, our God, and our Lord. Thank you so much for sending Jesus. Christ Jesus has made us right with you. He made us pure. He made us holy and He has freed us from sin, Father. If we have not repented of our sins, we would have stood before the Lord Jesus Christ at the final judgment, the great white throne judgment. Father, thank you for reconciling us back to yourself Father, I implore to the unrepented that the books of your life will be opened as well as the Lamb's book of life because you rejected God's salvation and redemption plan for the world through his son Jesus. You will be judged. That is why you must repent. Father, have mercy on them because Jesus will judge them on the last day and that they will be judged 
by what has been written and recorded in the books of their life, they must repent. They will alone pay the penalty for their sins because they refused your son. Father, it will be a tragic thing to hear how your name is not found written in the Lamb's book of life and you will be thrown into the lake of fire. And that's what your word says in Revelation. So, Father, with great urgency, I implore to everyone who has not repented of their sins, who have not obeyed the gospel, they have rejected Christ Jesus. They must turn from their wickedness, turn from all unrighteousness, and turn to you. These are the last days. We are living in the last hour. Father, I often time say on this podcast how you aren't playing with that lake of fire. I can't say enough how we must repent of our sins, how we must forsake them and how we must believe that Jesus is the son of God that he is God and that he died for our sins according to the scriptures we must obey the gospel by resp- by responding to the finished work of Jesus on the cross with a resounding yes lord Jesus was buried And on the third day, through the power and work of the Holy Spirit, Father, you raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus shed blood on the cross, made atonement for our sins so that we can be forgiven. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for reconciling us back to the Father through your sacrifice. You are very much alive today, sitting at the right hand of God the Father in heaven, making intercessions for us, who by faith put our trust in you to be our Lord and Savior. Father, we must turn from our sins. Otherwise, when we die, We will go to hell as we await the final judgment. Father, have mercy on us all. And Father, with today's lesson, I ask for wisdom. I ask for clarity to be able to teach this lesson today. Help me understand through your word what it truly means to repent and believe and what the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is. May the Holy Spirit illuminate my mind, open up my spiritual eyes so that I can see the deep things in your word. I want to learn, Father. 
And I ask this in Jesus' mighty name. And Father, I give you all the glory and all of my praise and all of my worship. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Let's put our eyes on three facts. On three facts. Number one, we, excuse me, we must follow Jesus at all costs. Listen, in Mark 8, Jesus called the crowd together with his disciples and said to them, he called his crowd to, he called the crowd together with his disciples and he said to them, I know I wrote that twice, okay, in my notes here. Look, he says, if anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself, set aside selfish interests, and take up his cross, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come and follow me, believing in me, conforming to my example in living and, if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. For whoever wishes to save his life in this world, he will eventually lose it through death. But whoever loses his life in this world for my sake and the gospels will save it from the consequences of sin and separation from God. For what does it benefit a man to gain the whole world with all its pleasures and forfeit his soul? For what will a man give in exchange for his soul and eternal life in God's kingdom? Folks, as a side note, we know there are many people who have sold their souls to the devil for what? Fame, fortune, position in life. It ain't worth it. Listen, Jesus goes on to say, for whoever is ashamed here and now of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. Amen. And that was Mark 8, where I started from verse 34 all the way to verse 38. Amen. Number two. Because these are three facts, right? Number two, we must stand firm until the end to be saved. Listen, we don't got this in the bag yet. Listen, Matthew 24, 9 through 14 tells us, Then they will be handed, then they will hand you over to be persecuted and will kill you. This is Jesus telling us this. And you will be hated by all nations for my sake. Then many will fall away 
and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will rise and will deceive many. Because iniquity will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he, in verse 13, but he, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Amen. Number three, look at what Jesus said to the churches in the book of Revelation about he who overcomes. Amen. Because folks, I'm, point, I'm pointing out these three things to let us know what the facts of the case is. The fact is we must follow Jesus. We must no longer, wait, let me back that up. Those who have called on his name to be saved, who understands that if we don't repent of our sins, those sins, those past sins will not be forgiven. We must come to Jesus so that we don't face God's wrath to come to be eternally separated from him in the lake of fire. So we must pick up our cross, deny ourselves, and follow Jesus. And number three, I want I wanted to point out what Jesus said about those who overcome. Because listen, I get it. My hand is raised. We are going through a lot while we are still in this flesh body. We have to contend with this flesh because our spirit is the only part of us that has been born again, that has been regenerated by the Holy Spirit. So our minds still need to be renewed to this new life. We are now living in Christ Jesus. This flesh do not want to be on board with our new spirit man. So we will constantly be at war because Paul talks about this in the book of Romans, how there is a war going on with this flesh and with the spirit. So the good news is that Jesus promised us these wonderful gifts, these wonderful spiritual blessings, if we remain firm, standing firm in him, remaining faithful to him, no matter what comes in this life. Yeah, we're going to have persecution. We're going to have temptations. We're going to have trials and tribulations. But we don't fall away from Jesus. So what this world is going to hell in a handbasket? So what that our relatives and loved ones and friends and, and all of our family don't want Jesus? We want Jesus because at the end of the day, we 
and we alone will have to stand before him in judgment. Why not let the audience we keep keep with Jesus be at the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ, where we will receive our rewards as faithful followers, as faithful servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, where we will hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, rather than stand before him at the great white throne judgment that Revelation 20 uh, verses 11 through 15 speaks of about the books of your life. Let me tell you, heaven has, must have, an elaborate recording system to record everybody who was ever who were ever born recording down all of their their deeds and works in these books and that it talks about how also the lamb's book of life will be opened as well and if your name has not been found written in the lamb's book of life well the bible tells us you will be thrown into the lake of fire where you will be tormented in the flames that never goes out and that how you will be tormented day and night and how the smoke of your torment will rise for all to see, yeah, and that there will be no relief. So people, mm-mm, mm-mm, we must repent and we must turn from our sins because Jesus has laid out some good news for the one who overcomes. Now, this is from the book of Revelation where he had, he had given through an angel to John, the revelator, to give these seven letters, these messages to the seven churches. Now look, in Revelation 2, in verse 7, the message to the church at Ephesus says, He who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God, I will grant the privilege to eat the fruit from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Amen. And to the church at Smyrna, he says um, in verse 10, Fear nothing that you are about to suffer be aware that the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested in your faith, and for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful to the point of death, if you must die for your faith, and I will give you the crown consisting of life. Verse 11, He who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God will not be hurt by the second death.
the lake of fire. Amen. Look in verse 16. The message to Pergamum. Therefore, repent. Change your inner self, your old way of thinking, your sinful behavior. Seek God's will. Or else I am coming to you quickly and I will make war and fight against them with the sword of my mouth in judgment. That's the word of God. Verse 17. He who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God, to him I will give the privilege of eating some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone with a new name with the new name engraved on the stone, which no one knows except the one who receives it. Amen. Look, the message to Thyatira in verse 26, Jesus says, And he who overcomes, see folks, listen, we got some wonderful spiritual blessings laid up for us in heaven that we got to get to. So we ain't got time to be down here on the earth messing around in sin. Listen, we got we to gotta stay focused. We got to stay laser focused on Jesus and the things above, not on the flesh, not on this earth. Come out from amongst these false teachers with all of their damnable doctrines of devils and keep our eyes on the prize. Jesus is the prize. Amen. Look, he says in verse 26 of Revelation 20, and he who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God and he who keeps my deeds doing doing things that please me until the very end. To him I will give authority and power over the nations, and he shall shepherd and rule them with a rod of iron as, as the earthen pots are broken in pieces, as I also have received authority and power to rule them from my father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen. And look, in Revelation 3, the message to Sardis. In verse 4, But you still have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes that is contaminated that is contaminated their character and personal integrity with sin and they will walk with me dressed in white because they are worthy righteous he who overcomes here we go the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God, will accordingly be dressed in white, 
and white clothing. And I will never blot out his name from the book of life. Folks, apparently it's a possibility that our names can be blotted out of the book of life. Because Jesus says, I will never blot out his name, meaning it can be blotted out. Amen. And look, he says, and I will confess and openly acknowledge his name before my father and before his angels saying that he is one of mine. Amen. Listen, this is what we want to hear from Jesus telling the father about us. Because listen, we don't want to hear depart from me. I never knew you. Amen. Look, he says in verse six, he who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the spirit says to the churches. Now to the letter to Philadelphia and verse 11, he says, I am coming quickly. Hold tight what you have so that no one will take your crown by leading you to renounce the faith. He who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the son of God, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. He will most certainly never be put out of it. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which descends out of heaven from my God and my own new name. He who has an ear. Let him hear and heed what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen. Look, the letter to Laodicea, he says down in verse 20 of Revelation 3, Behold, I stand at the door of the church and continually knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him, restore him, and he and he with me, he who overcomes the world. See, we must be overcomers, folks. He who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God, I will grant to him the privilege to sit beside me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down beside my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen. Listen. I will be saying this throughout the podcast. We must repent and believe the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, the gospel is the good news. The gospel is the good news concerning the Lord Jesus Christ and the way of salvation. Listen, folks. After after the arrest of John the Baptist, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, 
the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And we see this in Mark 1 verses 14 to 15 because this was the first message that Jesus preached when he started his earthly ministry. He said, repent and believe in the gospel because Jesus' excitation for his listeners to repent indicated that that they needed to change their minds because that's what repenting is all about. It's all about a turning of your mindset, turning from a mindset of, of sin and wickedness where you now turn to God for the forgiveness of your sins through the shed blood of Jesus who died on the cross for your sins. Amen. Jesus told them to believe in the gospel, which indicated how they needed to change their minds. Because Mark refers to Jesus' message as the gospel of God. And we saw that in verse 14 in Mark 1. Or the good news of God. Listen, it was good news that the kingdom was at hand and Jesus was preparing his listeners for how to be part of that kingdom. Because many in Jesus' in Jesus' audience thought they were already righteous and would gain interest to the kingdom of God because of their connection to Abraham and Moses. And because they were keeping the laws God had given to Israel through Moses. So in Matthew chapters uh, 5 through 7, it records Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, in which Jesus taught that his listeners should change their minds about how they could be part of his kingdom. Because this is what repentance is all about. So the question on the floor was, hold on, let me get back up here. The question on the floor today is, what does it mean to repent and believe the gospel? So I'm giving us some backstory as to how Jesus started his earthly ministry with the words, repent and believe the gospel. Why? Because the kingdom of God is at hand. Amen. And so, Jesus, the people back in Jerusalem, in Israel, they thought because since they were following the laws of Moses and that they were descendants of Abraham and Moses, they thought they had a ticket ride to heaven. And then when Jesus showed up on the scene, he blew their minds with this teaching. And so he was teaching his listeners that they should change their minds about how they could be part of his kingdom. Because 
their connection to Abraham and Moses wasn't enough. And their supposedly righteous deeds were not enough. Those things are not what God requires. They are not what God requires as the standard of righteousness. No, instead, Jesus explained that they needed to have a true internal righteousness. And they did not yet have that. It wasn't just a king that they needed. They needed a savior. Sadly, only a few would recognize that need because Jesus proclaimed that the people needed to repent and believe in the gospel. Why? Because the kingdom of God was at hand. God's eternal kingdom is currently based in heaven. But in passages like 2 Samuel chapter 7 and Revelation uh, chapters 19 and 20, God promises that his kingdom will at some point in the future come to earth in a physical form. The kingdom was at hand or near why? Because Jesus the King had come to earth presenting the kingdom and the good news about that kingdom and how one can be part of it. How? By believing in the gospel. Unfortunately, Jesus' audience wasn't yet prepared for the kingdom. Why? Because they hadn't yet recognized that they needed the Messiah to make them righteous and that and that Jesus was the Messiah. They did not believe this. You know, the Pharisees didn't want to believe it. Why? Because of the of the many crowds that were coming to Jesus, seeking healing deliverance from um, demon possession, and he was forgiven sins. It blew their minds. Yeah, so Jesus' message, oh, and not to mention how they were feeling, the Pharisees, the elders, and the scribes, yeah, they were feeling some kind of way because people were coming to Jesus for authority about the law, and they were... Uh, they were all, all like spellbound as to the level of authority in which Jesus was teaching them. Because as far as they knew, he was the son of the carpenter. So they couldn't, they couldn't understand how is he teaching, teaching with such authority and wisdom. Some believed he was the Messiah, and some of them couldn't wrap their brains around this prospect. And the Pharisees, they were feeling some kind of way because they were the grand poobah, if you will. They would go down into the marketplaces in their long flowing robes, just making a scene of themselves about the great authority that they had because they were the teachers of the law. And here comes this upstart in their eyes 
all of a sudden, people weren't coming to them to be taught. They were coming to Jesus. So when Jesus showed up on the scene, it was a game changer. Yeah, and Jesus' message was truly good news. And the people needed to change their minds from unbelief to belief. They needed to believe in the Lord. As Abraham in Genesis 15, 6 had done many years prior to gain the righteousness that would, that would allow them to be part of God's kingdom. They needed to repent just like we do. They needed to repent, change their minds about how they could enter the kingdom and believe in the gospel now. Why? Because the kingdom was close at hand. Of course, some did change their minds about how they would, how they could be righteous, and they believed in Jesus. But most of the leaders and the nation as a whole did not believe. And we could see this being played out in Mark 3, uh, verses 22 to 30, because folks, let us not be mistaken because we need to wake up as a church. Yeah, because one day soon, Jesus will return to the earth as king. All we got to do is look at Revelation chapters 19 and 20. And because of what the Bible tells us about the future, we know that we also need to repent and believe in the gospel for the kingdom of God is at hand. We need to change our minds from unbelief to belief and recognize that we are saved by grace through faith and not by our own works. And we and we know this to be the truth because Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 tells us, listen, we don't have anything to boast about this wonderful salvation plan. No, it is only by grace through faith that we are even saved. We are being saved, folks. That's why Jesus tells us to stand firm and endure until the end. Because when we believe in Christ Jesus, we are already transferred to his kingdom. And we see this in Colossians 1.13. And because his kingdom isn't on earth yet, we ought to set our mind on the things above where he is rather than the things of earth. And we see this in Colossians 3, 1 through 4. So then, what is the gospel? What is this good news all about? Because I can go on another rant about the many false gospels that are out there being perpetrated every day by these wolves in sheep clothing. No, listen. The word gospel literally means good news, and it occurs 93 times in the Bible. Yeah, 93 times exclusively in the New Testament. Now, the gospel is 
broadly speaking, the whole of Scripture. Okay. More narrowly, the gospel is the good news concerning Christ and the way of salvation. The key, <clears throat> thank you, Holy Spirit. The key to understanding the gospel is to know why it is good news. And to do that, we must start with the bad news. The Old Testament law was given to Israel. Can't say that enough. During the time of Moses, and we see this in Deuteronomy 5.1, the law can be thought of as a measuring stick. And sin is anything that falls short of perfect according to that standard of the law, right? The righteous requirement of the law is so stringent that no human being could possibly follow it perfectly in letter or in spirit. The only one that was able to fulfill the law of Moses was Christ Jesus. Jesus lived his life on this earth in perfect obedience to the Father. Everything the Father told him to do, he did it. Amen. So, despite our quote-unquote goodness or quote-unquote badness relative to each other, we are all in the same spiritual boat. We have sinned, and the punishment for sin is death, i.e. separation from God, who is the source of life. Romans 3.23 tells us, tells us this, in order, in order for us to go, listen, um, all these scriptures I'm giving you all, you are going to have to also look up these scriptures too. Because what I found in my own study time prior to me getting the big memo how God ain't playing with that lake of fire and sitting up under these false teachers that they would give us scriptures, but did we really go back and, and look them up? We just wanted them to spoon feed it to us. And what was happening was that they were twisting the scriptures. They were taking them out of context. So anytime someone give you a scripture, it would do us all well to go <clears throat> in our own study time with the Lord and and read that scripture, even if you have to go to verses above and verses below to get the full context, do that. Amen. So, in order for us to go to heaven, God's dwelling place and the realm of life and light, sin must be somehow removed or paid for, right? So, the law established the fact that cleansing from sin can only happen through the bloody sacrifice 
of an innocent life. And we see this over there in Hebrews 9.22. Folks, that is why. <clears throat> Talking about the law. Okay. That is why we New Testament believers in Christ Jesus have no business messing around with these laws. Especially through the false doctrines of, uh, through the false doctrines and teachings of apostate teachers. Because most notably, the false doctrines of tithing and sowing seed and Sabbath keeping and, and keeping the uh, Ten Commandments, not to mention the browbeating of Torah keepers that try to intimidate believers that they are not true Christians if they don't keep the law. They insist and teach that we must keep them in order to be saved along with faith. Folks, listen, these are all controversial topics of which I've discussed on the podcast many times. Check the playlist for those episodes concerning whether or not we have to keep the law. The 613 laws of Moses, because the Bible tells us clearly that if you keep one, even one, that can be tithing, that can be Sabbath keeping, that's that's trying to make the uh, Ten Commandments your um, way of being justified to the Father. If you keep one, any one of them, you must keep them all exactly the way God instituted it for Israel. And Israel couldn't even keep it. So, moving right along. Yeah, check the podcast. I've done many episodes on whether or not we got to keep any of those laws. So, the gospel... Getting back to let me, I, I gotta stay on track because my my mind is already turning around how we don't have to keep the law because Jesus fulfilled it on our behalf. Anyway, check the podcast. Listen, the gospel involves Jesus' death on the cross as the sin offering. To fulfill the law's righteous requirement. Look, we see this in Romans 8, 3 through 4. Uh, Hebrews 10, 5 through 10. Listen, under the law, animal sacrifices were offered year after year. As a reminder of sin and a symbol of the coming sacrifice of Christ. And we see this in Hebrews 10, 3 through 4. When Christ offered himself at, at Calvary, that symbol became a reality for all who would believe because all of those animal sacrifices were a shadow type of the, of the perfect sacrifice that was on its way. Jesus was the perfect lamb to be slain once and for all. Amen. So that symbol of all of those animal sacrifices taking place under the laws of Moses 
it became a reality for all who would believe the work of atonement is finished now. And that's good news because the gospel also involves Jesus' resurrection on the third day. Because Romans 4.25 tells us he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Amen. Listen, the fact that Jesus conquered sin and death, which is sin's penalty, is good news. Indeed, because sin no longer has dominion and control over us. Jesus defeated the control that sin had over our lives because he lived his life perfect. Sin had no control over him. So we share in that victory. Amen. That's the fact that he offered that uh, the fact that he offers to share that victory with us is the greatest news of all. Listen, we can see this in John 14, 9. The elements of the gospel are clearly stated in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 to 6, because a key passage concerning the good news of God, look, it says, For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. After that he appeared to <clears throat> to more than five hundred other brothers and sisters at the same time. Most of them are still living. Amen. Listen, notice first that Paul received the gospel and then passed it on. This is a divine message, not a man, not a man-made invention. Second, the gospel is of first importance. Everywhere the apostles went, they preached the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ. Third, the message of the gospel is accompanied by proofs. What proofs? Well, Christ died for our sins, which was proved by his burial, and he rose again the third day, proved by the eyewitnesses. Fourth, all this was done according to the scriptures. The theme of the whole Bible is the salvation of mankind through Christ. The Bible is the gospel. Paul said in Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Amen. Because, folks, the gospel is a bold message, and we are not ashamed of proclaiming it. Amen. 
it is a powerful message because it is God's good news. It is a saving message. The only thing that can truly reform the human heart. It is a universal message for Jews and Gentiles both. And the gospel is received by faith. Salvation is the gift of God. And we saw that in Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 9. Listen, <clears throat> the gospel is the good news that God loves the world enough to give his only son to die for our sins. And we saw that in John three sixteen, right? The gospel is good news because our salvation is, and eternal life and home in heaven is guaranteed through Christ. And we see this in John 14, 1, 4. Listen, we must remain in Christ Jesus because the one who remains faithful and don't turn from the faith going back out there into the world to get enslaved and and entangled by uh, sin again because the false doctrine of one saved always saved falsely teaches that no matter what you do you could be in your sins but at the end of the day you still get to go to heaven and that is not the truth otherwise that would make jesus a liar because he tells us to stand firm until the end for the one who remains, who endures, that man shall be saved. We are not saved already. We are being saved. We won't be fully saved until Jesus returns. That's why we are, that's why we are living by faith waiting for him to come. That's our blessed hope that when he does return, then we shall receive eternal life, eternal life where we will have glorified bodies made to live in heaven, made to live in his literal kingdom that will be on this earth. Folks, we have a lot to look forward to, so we don't have this in the bag. We are not saved, and that we just sit back and enjoy this ride, and we could be in sin, and we can use First John 1, 9 as a license to sin, because all we got to do is confess the sin, but then no one wants to heed to the call of we must repent. We must have a changing of mind. We must not go back to sin. That don't give us a license to sin. And this is why, not to give them a whole lot of credit, but this is why those Torah keepers say, well, then we must also hang on to parts of the law because people take God's grace as a license to sin. So if we don't hang on to the law, then we would just be willy nilly just doing what we want to do because we are saved by grace. And in their minds and their teachings that we need the stringent control that the law had to keep us in check. 
That's why they say what they say. That's why they believe what they believe because they see these so-called Christians and followers of Jesus running amok. So in there, and I believe they can be well, have well intentions that they love God. And so they want to make sure everyone is truly in the faith and that if the law can continue its stranglehold on us, it will compel us and restrain us from sin. But what they don't realize, it is love for God. It is love for Jesus. It is love for other people that constrains us from sinning. We don't need the stranglehold that the law had over people. Listen, it was a taskmaster pointing the way to Jesus. Now, once Jesus came on the scene, he has given us these two commands to love God with all of our hearts, minds, soul, and strength and to love our neighbors as we love ourselves because he tells us that all of the law and the prophets hang on those two commands because when we are loving God with everything within us, we are not going to sin against him. We are going to keep his holy commandments to live lives of righteousness and holiness, being led by the Holy Spirit and through love for our neighbors. We are not going to sin with them and we are not going to sin against us. So for all of the Torah keepers who believe that because we are under grace, that we would just be sinning left and right. No, we got the memo. God ain't playing with that lake of fire. And no, you don't have to worry about us. We are not. Listen, true born again followers of Jesus Christ, we are not going to, nor do we want to displease the father anymore by willful sin. We ain't going to do that. Glory be to God. Listen, it says over here in first Peter, and I'm about to bring this to a close. Listen, first Peter uh, one verses three to four tells us it says he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead and into an inheritance that could never perish spoil or fade this inheritance is kept in heaven for you amen so that's where our mindset is on. It's on heaven. Listen, we have an inheritance that we need to get to. So folks, listen, the good news, uh, the gospel is good news. When we understand we do not and cannot earn our salvation, the work of redemption and justification is complete, having been finished on the cross. That is why Jesus said in John 19, 30, it is finished. Amen. Listen, Jesus is the 
propitiation for our sins, and we see this in First John two two. The gospel is the good news that we who were once enemies of God have been reconciled by the blood of Christ Jesus and adopted into the family of God. Amen. We see this at Romans 5.10 and in John 1 verse 12. Listen, 1 John 3.1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Amen. And that is what we are. Amen. Listen, the gospel is the good news that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So say Romans 8 1. Folks, amen. Listen, to reject the gospel is to embrace the bad news. Condemnation before God is the result of a lack of faith in the Son of God, God's only provision for salvation. Because Jesus told us in John 14 that he is the only way. He is the only way to the Father. He is the way. He is the truth and the life. And no one, absolutely no one comes to the Father but through Christ Jesus and him alone. Amen. Listen. John 3.17 to 18 says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Why? Because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Amen. Listen, God has given a, a, a doomed world good news, and that is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So in closing, now that we know what it means to repent and believe and what the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is, so what is the consequence for not obeying this gospel? Okay. What does it mean when you tell God, no, I don't want your son's sacrifice? What does it mean when you tell God, I'm not a sinner. I'm a good person. I do good works. I don't need to be saved. Saved from what? Nope. I am not a sinner. You all are just judges. Okay. What does it mean when you don't believe that God exists? You don't believe that Jesus died for your sins and you say no to the whole salvation plan of God. You believe that when you die, you just die and that's it. There is no afterlife. There is no place called hell. There is no place called heaven. As a matter of fact, hell is right here. 
here. Hell is all the troubles that we see going on in the world today. That's hell. But as far as it being a literal place, nah, I don't believe that. That's just some, some scare tactics that overzealous Christians try to scare us into believing to obey their God whom we can't see. Okay. Okay. Well, little Miss Missy, Second Thessalonians 1, Second uh, Thessalonians 1, verses 1 through 12, has a warning for you. Listen, this, this is a letter from Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, grace to you and peace from our God, um, from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Because this is about to tell us about the judgment at Christ's coming. Okay, because he is coming. And he has told me to tell the people that his reward will be with him and he will give to every man according to his deeds and his ways, good or bad. Amen. Listen, verse 3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brothers, as it is fitting, because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love of every one of you abounds towards each other. So we boast about you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you are enduring. This is evident. <clears throat> This is evidence that God's judgment, being righteous, will count you worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. It is a righteous matter with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. They shall be punished with eternal destruction, isolated from the presence of the Lord I told y'all over there in the lake of fire. Uh-huh. Look. Isolated from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints. Amen. And to be marveled at by all those who believe because our testimony among you was believed. Therefore. We always pray for you that our God will would count you worthy of this calling and with power fulfill all your good desires and works done by faith so that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, oh, Heavenly Father, thank you for this word today. We must stand firm in Christ Jesus. We must not never waver. 
we must never compromise with this world and all of its wickedness and unrighteousness. We must maintain our faith in Christ Jesus. We must finish this race. We must walk by faith. Why? Because we have been crucified with Christ. We no longer live because Christ Jesus lives in us. Father, this life we live in this body, we live it by faith in the Son of God who loved us and who laid down his life for us. Father, thank you so much for salvation. Thank you so much for saving us and that on that appointed day that you have set, Jesus will return and he will glorify us in him and we shall be just like him. Our redemption is nigh. It is coming closer every single day, Father. In the meantime, we thank you for your patience with us. We, we thank you for your patience with this world who are unrepented. I pray that every person who is stiff-necked, that the gospel be preached to him. May the Lord of the harvest send out laborers, his messengers. Father, use us to preach this gospel to, to a sick and dying world. They don't realize the magnitude of the situation that they will die in their sins if they don't believe who Jesus said who he is. He is the son of the living God. He is the promised Messiah. And he did walk this earth and he did die for the sins of the world. He was buried. And glory be to God. The good news is that death does not has hold on him. He is alive. He has risen. And the proof of it all was that over 500 people saw Jesus in his resurrected body. Father, glory be to your name. We await our Savior to come back from heaven like he promised. That's the good news. We are waiting in expectation for Jesus to come back so that we can have the promise of eternal life, so that we can have the promise of a new glorified body, so that we can have the promise of seeing you face to face, seeing Jesus face to face, because although we have never seen you, we have never seen Jesus with our naked eyes, but we believe we believe you exist. We believe that Jesus exists. We believe the Holy Spirit is at work. And each truly born again believer, follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are being led by him, being taught by him. We await our Savior. Glory be to God. So in the meantime, in between time, Father, we shall live lives of repentance. The fruit of the Spirit will be pouring out of our lives as we serve you, as we serve our fellow man.
Father, I can't say it enough. Hallowed be thy holy, righteous, wonderful name. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Glory be to God. All right, folks. Another one in the can. Repent and believe the gospel and stop sinning and turn to God. Amen. Because like the Bible says, bad company corrupts good morals. Come to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. Amen. Amen. Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. guys for tuning in i truly appreciate all your support until next time i'll be talking to y'all soon bye